Hello, and welcome to the Woodard Report podcast, where we enrich businesses through business advisors. This podcast is your source for information and news you need for your accounting, bookkeeping, or tax practice, and it is proudly sponsored by Expensify, the expense management app that does it all for every business. For more information about Expensify, please visit woodard.com slash podcast. And now your hosts, Joe Woodard and Heather Satterley. Well, I'm extremely excited to be interviewing our next guest here on the podcast. He presented a knockout, just incredible main stage presentation last year at Scaling New Heights. He had people applauding in the middle of it. I think he had some people crying in the middle of it. And and I really wanted to bring him on and let the folks that did not catch that main stage that were not at Scaling New Heights uh, get a little sample of of who this guy is, what he's doing, what his vision is, and the goodness that he's bringing to the accounting community. And that is Dave Kirsting of Capavario. So welcome, Dave, to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm excited to have you here, obviously, from the intro, right? I really am. And, and you know, in, in your keynote, I want to kind of start right there. For those that didn't listen to it, or maybe it's been now, you know, several months depending on when they're listing this, several years since they've heard it. I want to remind everybody or inform everybody, you know, that in your keynote, you were talking a lot about community. But And before you actually get into what you said in the keynote, there is a direct connection between that and the very meaning of the word Capivario. So why don't we start by, you know, what does Capivario mean? What's your vision, mission, and purpose? And then we're going to talk a little bit about how that folded into your keynote message. What is Capivario? So uh, Capivario, the name Capivario came uh, after months of searching because we, I wanted something that was, that was real. I wanted something that touched people, but it wasn't all just, I'm an accounting firm. Uh, so loosely translated, Capivario means diverse leader. Um, and I find myself to be a diverse person, um, but also in wanting to have that in, inside of my own community. Well, that's a fantastic name. And, you know, the brand is brilliant. The strategy is brilliant because it's a it's a word that has a meaning behind it. You know how, you know, that means something to you and that you get to tell a story around. But I love the fact that you just created a blank canvas and then you're painting on that canvas. Some of the the most prominent brands in our space, you know, Decimal, which does have an accounting implication, but Highline. That's a great accounting firm, just Highline, right? And then you saw what happened with Habeth, Aaron, Getty, and Wynn. Okay, first, impossible to say. You know, <laughs> they just became Aprio. And and so you're you're really picking on some on something brilliant here. Create a blank canvas, paint on it. I want our listeners to just get the power of that. Don't feel like you have to over script the name of your company. You always have subtitles are, are in takeaway lines and you always have descriptions and about us pages. There are plenty of places that you can explain what Capabario is. Absolutely. And, you know, and our tagline is we get you, we got you. Um, and, and it's because we, we want that we want our clients and our, and our accounting professionals to, to see, we understand what you're going through and, and we got your back. We're, we're here to help support you in, in whatever you need. Well, in, in the got you part, I also interpreted it as we, because my daughter uses that. That's a, that's, a, that's a teenager term is I get you. And they also say, I see you, right? Mm-hmm. Those are powerful terms that they're introducing this generation to to our culture. I get you. Could, it also means not just have your back, but 
I understand you. I respect you, you know, and I am an ally with your journey. I'm a protector of your journey. All those things are in, I get you. And then, and then you didn't say it particularly, but the, I see you part, you know, when my daughter says to me in the middle of a conversation, I see you It's the best compliment a 16 year old girl can give an adult. So, yes, and I kind of inferred that from Capivario as well. So the, in your keynote, then let's get to, cause that was good context for why you made such a big deal about community. There you were talking about who you are as a professional and what it means for your clients. And the keynote, you folk, you, you did communicate that, but you focused a lot on what it means for the, for the peer group, for the accountant to the accountant relationship. Can you tell the listeners just a little bit of what you shared from that keynote with community. I think that the, the biggest piece that I wanted to bring to the stage and to, to the Scaling New Heights attendees was the community is all over the place. There's not just one community. There's many communities and you can be involved in all of those communities because you are important and you do have something to bring to the table, even if you don't think you are. Even if you think I'm just an attendee, I'm just here to learn, you probably have something that you can teach me. Um, and I think I even said it on, you know, while on stage that it's not about the people on the stage at Scaling. It's about how we interact with everyone in the room um, and, and what our what our goals are. My goal was to tell people I went through a struggle. I had just went through that struggle three weeks prior, which was losing my mom. And I said that was the biggest thing that I thought was ever going to happen in my life and that I would be just absolutely crushed. Three weeks later, I'm on main stage talking about it, telling people that the only reason why I got that far three weeks in was because I have a community, multiple communities that jumped in and said, Dave, what can we do for you? And I had multiple firms, other accounting firm owners running my accounting firm along with my staff so that I could be gone and out of the business for a few months. Yeah. And some of those folks that are in your tightest peer group, even taking some of the lift that you had and the responsibilities you had for Scaling New Heights, like Richard Roper really stepped up, helped us out, helped you out. Um, and, And so community, what I'm hearing from you, it's not there's an emotion to it. There was an emotional response I had just to even you sharing that. But but there is a tangibility to it. There, there's a practicality to it. There's an action to it as we support each other. Absolutely. And and having that understanding that, you know, a lot of people, I think that they, they, they met with me after being on stage and, and, you know, they were appreciative of the story because it was authentic. It was real. It had feeling um, and it touched them in a way where they were like, hey, I, now I don't feel alone. I came to the conference because I wanted to learn. And what I learned is that I'm a human and that I have something to offer the world. And that that I think that helped them not only understand themselves, but connect them with the community, but then gave them that, that, that extra spark while they were walking into a scaling class of what are they learning and why are they learning it and what is their real purpose? You yes, know, how the are why, they going to grow the, their, their business? The why is so important. You're absolutely right. It's the why are they learning it and for what purpose? And then the what has its proper context. And I want to get back to something you said just a minute ago. You said, be part of multiple communities. And I wanted to make sure I, I really dr- accentuate that because, you know, the, for a while it was trendy. Uh, and, and if you use this term, listeners, don't be offended. I'm not trying to, 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 to micromanage your own vernacular, but I'm not a big fan personally of the, of the word tribe. And it became very trendy to use it for a little while. 
and, and people would use it in the positive. This is my tribe. And, and uh, even some of the major software companies in their professional communities would say, this is our tribe. And I never liked that because tribal as a noun is negative. So how could tribe as a noun be, it has negative connotations. And if you think all the way back to our hunting and gathering days, if I was of a tribe, I did not like your tribe. I could not be a part of your tribe. And I might've even been at war with your tribe. And I was definitely in competition with resources for your tribe. So it was not synergistic and it was not collaborative and it was anti-community. It was click. Yep. And so, and I know some of you that use that word, that's not what you mean by it. And I, I'm not, please don't be offended. I'm not judging. I'm telling you Joe's point of view. So I loved what you said because that concept, whatever you may call it, and I call it tribalism, is counterproductive to community. If somebody is in the watered community, I want them to be in the community of my peers. And I call them my peers, not my competitors. The people that also host compute communities, because we are trying to raise one ship together and we're the rising tide, all of us together, not just the community leaders, the community members, which you made a big point about. Um, so I would love to get an update on, on where you are now, because you were three weeks in to your grieving process. You're kind of riding on adrenaline in a situation like that, right? We all know the five stages of grief, whether you believe they're sequential or not, they all exist in some pattern. And and you hadn't really started that yet at three weeks out. So now we're months away. Where are you now in that grief journey? And how has this community uh, reality, I didn't want to say concept, how's the reality of your community uh, helped you through the most most difficult part of the journey. I think the the first thing to say about grief is that you don't know what what the grief is going to do to you. Um, grief is something that is is it stacks upon each other for every grief event you have, and if you don't work through it and complete the grief, or you know accept it and and you know do what you need to do, work through, then it's just going to compile. And I think for me, the biggest thing was is I couldn't grasp what it actually meant to not have a mom. I mean, that just didn't make any sense to me. Um, and in the beginning, it was just like you said, I can work, I can do this. And in fact, I dove into work, I wanted to work more. Um, and that was avoidance of grief processing. So as I continued to work through it, I really reached out to my community, I reached out to my own team members. Um, and, and, and I said, Hey, guys, this is where I'm at, I'm going to kind of disappear a little bit. Um, I worked out with with other firms to kind of keep managing certain clients levels for me um, so that I could take the time that I needed to take to learn and process. Um, I also started to see a counselor. A lot of people think seeing a medical professional or counselor is a negative. I think it's a huge positive because I reached out and said, I can't process help me process, help me find the tools that I need so that I know what I'm doing and I can move on. Um, and I think uh, the, the most important thing is, is yeah, we're months later and I'm still dealing with it. There's still mornings that I wake up and, and it's just not a good day. And what do I need to do? And I think being open, honest and communicative and direct um, and, and vulnerable to your community lets them see it's real, it's happening. But what did it do to my internal community? So my team members, that's something that we, we as business owners may not think about, is that my the way I'm acting, the way I might be a little more fragile, might affect the way your team feels. They might feel like, oh, is, are we gonna 
keep our jobs. What's going to happen? Is he going to revamp the whole world? Um, is he just going to give up? Um, and I think that my most important piece was putting that comfort in my team that says, I've got these community members. I've got the Woodard community. I've got the Roundtable Labs community. I've got the local communities. They're all here to help make sure that we don't go under, to help make sure that we process together um, and get to that next level. And I lost 50% of my clients in, in 2023 by choice. And I did that because I came back and got into the business and I'm like, these aren't the ideal clients. These okay. clients are stressful to me um, and, and or to my team. And then we still exceeded goals. We still exceeded our revenue plans because we then put that ideal client in place. And now I think all of us are happier. We're all working a little less, which is kind of nice. Um, and, and, and we're doing really well. So, so you hit on a couple of things there that I think are, are could be unpacked. And one of them is the experience we're going through that we might perceive as negative often becomes a catalyst for the positive. And, and I think every listener in here who's over the age of 10 has experienced that. Definitely people who are uh, adults, you, you, we live in and out of the ebbs and flows of that, right? And um, and so you're, 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 I don't even want to use the word negative experience because I don't think grief is a negative experience. It's just an experience. But your experience that happened out of a bad situation, right, a ba- uh, that was a result of a bad situation and a loss, resulted in a positive outcome. So that take that away, listeners, if you're going through that right now and you can't see past the, you know, the 10 feet in front of your face, just let that give you some hope. And 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 reflect back, listeners, is what I would recommend on the past times in your own life where you were where you are now. And then you look back on you're like, yeah, but I was only just so many feet from the next chapter. And it, it wasn't as dark as it seemed. And it was leading to something much better. And mold and shape that that direction. So I think that one was huge. The other one that you that I want to unpack with you a little bit, and I and I wrestle with this as a leader. I think every leader does. Is how do you? And I don't like the word balance. I like words like synergy and harmonize. How do you harmonize the fact that you need to be an authentic and transparent leader? Which I, if I'm going to err on any side, I err that way, right? Mm-hmm with the fact that you need to present, you need to be a confident leader that emotes confidence in your team members. Now, those two things work in juxtaposition with each other, yet both are necessary. And that's why you have to harmonize them. So you just freshly went through that. You said it did create a little bit of FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt with your team. Um unpack a little bit about the specifics of from the leadership side. You you talked about reinforcing them with the community, but but how did you how did you keep them kind of leaning into the wind whenever you were in a position where you were back on your heels? Ultimately, the team is resilient. The the team understood what I was going through. They they uh, sympathized with 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 the loss of my mother, but, but they also understood that business needs to continue. Um, and it was about providing them with the tools and resources that they needed that, Hey, mm-hmm. Dave might be out today, but I have Tanya Schulte at, at the profit constructors. I have Alexis Sadler at accounting therapy, other firms that are in here helping that they can reach out to and say, Hey, I've got this question. Dave's not available. How would you respond? Or, Hey, I've got this client issue. Can you help me guide through this? Um, and I think 
think that giving them that power to make the decisions um, and make decisions on behalf of the company. Um, it, and I think that really resonated in what they needed. So you, um, so it, you delegated some authority, mm-hmm. which is servant leadership model. We teach that here at Watered. That's good stuff. And you had support systems for them. But I think there was a third piece here that gets all the way back to the beginning. Capivario is not just a name, it's a story. And my guess is they so believe in that story, that vision, that that added a little tenacity too. Am I guessing right? You are guessing right. Yeah. I, again, I, I'm very fortunate to have such a passionate team um, that that wants to do anything and everything they can um, with with our communities, with different communities, um, but even in our own little house, you know, of what we do. Yep. So you're fond of using the term, I've heard you use it before, co-firming. And is that a little bit of what we're talking about here? And is it bigger than what we just talked about here? What does co-firming mean? It is. It is. It, it, you, you, you hit it right on, uh, nail right on the head. Um, is co-firming to me and, and to the group that we're working with um, is about bringing together accounting firms into a area or space together where we can work on bigger clients that we probably couldn't handle ourselves. But it's also about bringing in the right skill set for the client and what they need. So instead of just me being an owner and having my team members and working with the client, now I'm going to bring in Tanya Schulte, who is my main uh, co-firming partner. Um, and you know she's the expert in construction accounting. So when I need somebody to talk construction accounting, I bring her in. Um, or if she needs help with workman's comp or general liability auditing and communication, she's going to bring me in because that's what I'm, I excel at. Um, we work with five other firms right now um, in, in providing these this education um, on, on how to do certain things. Um, but ultimately, it's about community again. Um, yes. is, but I think it's a little deeper than that, Dave, because yes, it is community. And obviously, there is a strong, strong sense of trust that you're operating under. But I've, I've started teaching now this principle and it's very fresh and I'm, and I'm borrowing it from the medical profession of the difference between networking mm-hmm. and a network. Yes. And I would even differentiate a network from a community. So you can't have a network unless there's a community foundation because you don't have the trust, you don't have the camaraderie, you don't have the compatibility, you don't have the shared culture, the shared vision. Yes. But networking is walking around the halls of a conference or being out there on social media, building relationships and widening the net. A network is like a medical network. You know, so, and I've had to have some medical procedures done. It's just part of being over 55. It's just the chapter I'm in. And, and so, you know, I was in the hospital for three days And I was seeing the network come into play. And it was much more like a, a, it was a true team approach to my healing where collectively they were treating the whole Joe, but individually they were only seeing a little piece of the puzzle. And, but each each person was a master of their piece. Yeah. So to put it in a, in something everybody can relate to all the way to your childhood, most dentists don't do root canals, even though they could, even though it's within their brand, it's within their nature. It would not be uh, picking up a new profession. It's this good and great principle, right? Mm -hmm. 
So there's this dentist that I used for 20 years before he retired. And I actually like the guy that bought his firm better, but that's okay. I, I was scared for a minute because, you know, your dentist is your dentist. Yes. And, <laughs> and so, uh, but but when he sold the firm, um, you know, I was a little bit nervous before he did. I trusted nobody to work in my mouth but this guy. I mean, he was just, you know, he's 40 years in and I've been working with him for 20 and, um, but even with all that experience, he would not extract my wisdom tooth and it wasn't even obsessed. It wasn't even, it, it, but he just said, I don't do wisdom teeth. And then I gave him the classic thing our clients give us, but I don't trust anybody, but you, Dr. Freeman. <laughs> yes. It happens and, all the time. And he was adamant. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I don't do root canals. Because he was following the good and great principle, plus he was probably looking at the cost to benefit ratio of picking up this fringe thing that for somebody else was core. And then I went to the person and only the person Dr. Freeman recommended to me, not because they were in my insurance network, there were 20 of those, because they were in Dr. Freeman's network, right? right? And he had a TMJ specialist who was an orthopedist in his network, right? So- this is exactly what you're getting at. And the medical profession's about two decades ahead of the accounting profession. And it sounds like what you've built with Tanya Schulte and some others is, is unfortunately bleeding edge. It's, I'm glad for you. <laughs> unfortunately for the profession, it's a little bleeding edge. It really is. And, and, and I love that, that analogy that you just provided because it, that is truly where it's at. You know, we, we, we want to have that solopreneur that wants to grow their business, but doesn't have a pipeline. You know, we want to, we have the pipeline. Tanya Schulte has a pipeline, pipeline. I have a pipeline. We want to then share that and then teach and train in, into the, the field that we're working on. Um, and we also want to find the, the right solution for the, for our clients. And I think that's the most important piece of why we wanted to do this. So we have CFOs that come in and review on top of what we're doing, you know, we have specialized workman's comp and general liability auditors. Um, you know, we have medical plan. Uh, and HIPAA compliance probably and too. HIPAA yes. compliance. Yes. We, you, know, you name it, we probably have it. We have business coaches that go and coach our own, the owners of our, our businesses that we're working with. You know, they don't, they didn't. So it's the next step to create a brand for this? The, uh, we are. blank network? <laughs> We are working on that, and it, uh, it is going to be called APN. Um, okay, so you already have a Advisor Pro Network, yeah. um, and Tanya Shortley and I are, are working on on how to build that, but also how to again. We're not trying to do this to take all the firms and make it one firm. We we want you no, to be your own. We want no more you to, than my dentist wanted that. Yes. Yeah, we we want you to be the expert, and we want to bring bring the put the pieces together, connect the dots, which is kind of what Capivario is too. I love connecting the dots. We're concierge consultants. Well, you know, and this is also a different form of diversity. Diversity yep. has a lot of different applications and meanings, right? And so, Absolutely. so yeah, you have now a very diverse firm in so many ways. Yes. Um, now, so if people are intrigued, Dave, and they're interested where they can go learn more about you, or they might be thinking to themselves, I'm a legal expert, I'm an inventory expert, where, where do I get into this APN thing? So, not make any promises to our listeners or anything, but just in general, where can they find you, Dave? 
Uh, the best place to find this is at capavario.com. Um, and you'll see on there, we also have a page that just talks about co-firming and how to connect with us. Um, and uh, you can also check out our socials at, you know, at Capavario. Um, you can also uh, look to the Profit Constructors and go to their website and or her um, socials as well to connect on co-firming um, and in all the things that we do to bridge and build our communities. I mean, That's it's no great. different than, you know, with, with scaling new heights coming up in, in a few months. I mean, well, they'll we're, find I you know, in the hallways there too, right? We're very excited to be there. I'm excited to be there as an attendee to actually learn and participate and hang out and network um, with other people um, and talk about what is co-firming and talk about, you know, what is it uh, like to belong in a community? That's great. That's great. And and in my experience, if people are trying to find you at scaling, they will. You, you, <laughs> you tend to be discoverable. As a matter of fact, I've just got to tell the story because I just one of my favorite stories is my, my daughter worked at the conference a couple of years ago here, about a year and a half ago. And she probably checked in, you know, 1,500 people or whatever as a team. And she personally probably checked in about three or 400. And then that evening, she was she was like, um, so I met the most interesting person, not people, not people, Dave. <laughs> I met the most interesting person. And I'm like, just one? Well, one that was really worth me telling you about, Dad, is <laughs> and it was you, right? So I'll tell you, you really do make, make an impression, David. And when you do catch Dave in the hallways, he'll make you smile. So please try to do that. And then you got that capavario.com. Now, if you're listening in, it's C-A-P-O. V is in Victor, A-R-I-O, but you can also go to water.com slash podcast and uh, Dave's information will all be there underneath this episode. So that would include his firm name, his last name, um, and other ways that you can reach him. Dave, this has been a delight. Thank you for everything you're doing. You're an inspiration. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for joining us. For more information, please visit woodard.com slash podcast.